Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. Now, it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. Spotlight Star Wars episode 115 is here. 115 here. Gosh, all of our Force Center shows, the numbers are getting higher and higher and higher, which is, well, just a testament to you guys and your support and the way you embrace the Force Center podcast feed. Seems like just yesterday. Me, Joseph, and Jennifer were like, hey, let's, uh, let's get together and talk about some Star Wars. What do you think about that? We're still going. And I have a lot of fun meeting all of you. Uh, this past week, I had, had a lot of activities. I was out at the Scum and Villainy Cantina, the bar here in Hollywood that's a Star Wars theme for sure. It's not a completely immersive experience, but it is 
uh, a lot of fun. And it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely Star Wars. You walk in, you get the sense you're there. It's just, uh, you know, it's not going to be like Galaxy's Edge. But all that to say, I had a great time. It's out there for Jennifer Murrow's birthday, uh, the Forces of Destiny writer. Uh, and it was it was really cool. A lot of cool uh, voices uh, there. I didn't I don't I don't introduce myself to people I don't really know in that kind of setting. But you had like Cat Tabor, the voice of Padme there, uh, the voice of Duchess Satino stuff. And I just kind of sit in the corner as a fanboy myself. But then there were some Four Center listeners who I ran into there. And then the next night, performing comedy with Mark Ellis at, at the show Mark Ellis and Friends down in. Uh, the Hollywood area as well, and got to meet some Four Center fans and got to have some great discussions about perspective of, uh, you know, maybe the prequels brought you in, maybe it was Revenge of, of, of the Sith that brought you in, or, as one fan was telling me, uh, you know, Clone Wars. The, the Clone Wars. And I remember, you know, our, our friend Hector Navarro, uh, you guys know Hector from his work all around this great industry, and, and uh, he, he was uh, telling us, that, you know, it was the Tartakovsky Clone Wars that got him in. And I always love hearing that stuff because it can be just too easy to assume because for years and years and years, a couple Star Wars generations, it was the original trilogy and the original viewings and showings of the uh, trilogy that, that brought most of the fans in. But that has forever changed, and I'm happy about that. I love hearing about the generations of fans and what brought you into Star Wars. So that was fun. And then I went to L.A. Comic-Con uh, yesterday at the time of uh, this episode being published. It was on a wonderful panel, a pop culture needle drop panel where we got to talk about music in movies and what it means. And, of course, Star Wars did come up. That wasn't, though, my answer. I think everyone there thought my answers were all going to be Star Wars related. I did talk about some Star Wars. But when I talked about my, my first movie music experience like what song score sequence got me in and and really affected me the first time it's actually i gotta say it's it's annie aileen quinn 1982 annie singing hard knock life and all that stuff that that got me in to 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 music in the movies and i'm not a musical fan it's so funny too but just this is the first time i i remember seeing like what is this what am i seeing and then, you know, as you get a little older, I was six or seven here at the time. Then the Star Wars music, you really start to to feel it. And now it is something you're aware of, even though sometimes you're, you're not aware of it. It's just there. And it's part of the secret sauce, as George Lucas says, that makes the movies so great. And I think that's when I think that's when scores do a really good job, when you're not actively aware that you're hearing the score. You're just feeling everything about it, and it just seeps into your soul. And John Williams is so good at that. So... At that at that event, and then walking around the floor, got to meet some Force Center fans as well, and love hearing from y'all. Uh, we uh, we meaning uh, Joseph and Jennifer just love doing this um, uh, with Star Wars rolling on, even with all the controversies, even with real life, which is you know sometimes a, a dark place. And I've talked about it before here on Spotlight Star Wars. We can crawl into the Star Wars bu- bubble and have some fun, and and uh, this week was just another reminder but back to back to back days being out and about uh with you all and knowing that uh you know you're not you're not just like you're not just fans of four center you listen but you're part of the team and you're part of the family and i really do enjoy that so uh it, it if i if i met hand, met you and shook hands this week and we talked a little star wars and you're listening now thank you so much it, it was a lot of fun 
uh, to get out of the microphone and and talk Star Wars, not just have you know. I love you know people come up, hey, we fan, Force Center, hey, you know, Collider Jedi Council, all this stuff, all that stuff's great. Um, but to sit and have a couple moments because it wasn't like a, an official meet and greet because those can be kind of a grind, you know, in, in, in the best way possible. Please don't misunderstand me. But you got a hundred people, Star Wars celebration. It was just a lot of people there, and you're you're running through, running through, running through, and you're trying to try to get to everybody, and you get a 10-second moment. Well, this weekend I got to have a, a few minutes with a lot of fans, and that is, is fun, man. You guys all love Star Wars. And that's what I still uh the the regenerative power of Star Wars. At some point or another. Some point or another, we're all as fans can have something that we don't gravitate to or latch on to with Star Wars, and there's that little moment where you're like, "Ah, oh, this is this is really upsetting to me as a Star Wars fan." And then something brings you back, and there's always the hope of something bringing you back. And I love that thought. Though I heard uh, uh, at one of the panels I was uh, on, someone brought up the prequels, and. Uh, the the music of uh, the prequels of uh, this uh, young man Dave on the panel that we we're uh, we we're uh, doing and uh, then the idea of uh, you know Darth Maul should be the villain in all three uh, the prequels that, that that Darth Maul was done wrong and I get that sentiment I think I had that sentiment at one point and we did that deep dive on Darth Maul recently on Force Center on the main show and uh, you know I love Maul and the character of Maul has grown. But much like Phasma, you know, Phasma, I think, when it's all said and done, we're going to get a lot more from Phasma, whether it's another book or comic or Resistance. You know, even even the Phasma novel already brought a lot more to that character than, than was on in either of the movies, uh, almost by design. And I think Maul's in that area. And I, I that thought has got me thinking more, no, I, like, I don't, I, I'm glad, I'm necessarily glad Maul died uh, and clearly, you know, comes back. At the time, though, 99, we think he's, he's cut in half and he's gone, which you know, it's, it's reasonable to assume. <laughs> That's, it, it would, I wouldn't have put a bet down on uh, Maul's coming back after seeing Phantom Menace for the first time. But I really, it really has started me, started putting the focus on Count Dooku for me. And I don't want to go too much into it because I believe Joseph and Jennifer, Jennifer and I are, are soon, we, we, you know, we hit Maul, we hit Grievous. I think it's uh, we're soon going to hit uh, Count Dooku and uh, the, that character uh, who just seems to become more underrated as time goes on and, and at the same time becomes more appreciated as time goes on. And uh, again, again, a lot of it is perspective, though, when you, when you first tuned in to Star Wars. And Darth Maul was damn cool. Darth Maul is cool. But I don't like the idea of him being the villain in all three. I think that's a, it's a flat arc. And, and, and to me, Palpatine, Palpatine's the guy, man. Palpatine is the, is the villain of villains to me. And I saw someone tweet recently, and I, and I love all these opinions. Even in this negative time, some, some, sometimes on uh, Star Wars, when, it, when the negati- negativity rises too high, I saw someone who said they never really got into Palpatine, that they, he's kind of one note and not interesting. And in a weird way, I understand he is kind of, he's like one or two notes. If you're just talking about the emperor, he wears a cowl and he cackles and he says, do it. And uh, he wants to rule the galaxy. Um, I understand that idea, but I think that if he is one note, and I don't think he is one note, but if Palpatine's one note, 
I think that's a damn good note to play. Uh, but I think uh, the prequels helps expand that character even more. Ah, oh, man, this is what I love about Star Wars. Once you just once you just start talking, and I got nothing in front of me that's a, a guide here today, other than the listener memory we're going to have here in a minute. But um, you just start talking about Star Wars, and it's the and it just rolls. You know, all these thoughts. It's unlike anything else, isn't it? Unlike anything else. Will we see Boba Fett? In the Mandalorian, we talked about Star Wars rank last week, the five random uh, guesses that I had. And then I was talking again this weekend at the backstage at Mark Ellis's show. Um, th- this idea, I, I now want to amend if, uh, anything I guessed last week. I just think more and more, I just think Boba Fett won't be in the Mandalorian or won't be in it for the first couple of seasons. I just don't think it's about him. I don't think Disney wants to answer that. And this news coming out that Kathleen Kennedy kind of finally, in another press uh, interview, just kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, we're not doing Boba Fett. Um, I, I believe it. I believed it when the first stories first started breaking. Um, you know, they were so close to it, to announcing it, which is so weird. Now let's just go down that tangent. It's so weird to <laughs> think that we we were like a day away from having a Boba Fett, like, cool little teaser trailer with Josh Trank introducing it at Star Wars Celebration on the same stage as Gareth Edwards coming out for Rogue One um, and kind of giving us that that awesome little teaser trailer that kind of had nothing to do with the movie, but just what it was. Um, Man, talk about alternate Star Wars universes, whether or not you want Maul uh, to have been the villain, uh... If we had got a Josh Trank Boba Fett movie, how would how would Star Wars how would the Star Wars world gone from there? And I'm not even going to assume it's a you know a bad movie. Trank has a has a reputation we know, and it, and it was you know maybe a harbinger of things to come. The first kind of bit of problem that we uh, heard about uh, and 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 felt. I was there that day. I was in the panel that day. It was a Sunday at the Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2015. What, what a great celebration. Disney riding the high, the absolute high of the trailer, Force Awakens, the hype. I mean, this was, you just felt it. It was such a great convention. I had so much fun at that convention. Go back and listen. There's the spotlight Star Wars that are recorded in my hotel room. Uh, when I was in Anaheim that weekend, just the joy, uh, just dripping up. Oh, we couldn't have, you couldn't have envisioned the, the rancor and, uh, not the rancor monster, but the rancor and the, the, the hate that would flow later on. You could have maybe guessed it. Oh, the heady days of 2015. And, and here they are. Disney's riding this high and suddenly, uh, Josh Trank is ill. It's like a, a baseball player getting a phantom knee injury because they got to put him to the DL because to clear a roster spot. Uh, you know, there was just this this hush as we all filed in there. Trank's not here. Trank's not here. Trank's not here. Did you hear Trank's not here? Oh, and you kind of knew right away. You just kind of knew right away. But what could have been? What could have been? So all that to say, and and and, and having some discussions this weekend. Uh, I just, I, 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 I want, because of the Cobb Vanth, Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, whoever this character is, this triangle, I just don't know, I don't know if there's room for Boba Fett 
And this is that I just I recorded that episode last week of Star Wars Ranked. And it was random guesses. And I think it, I mean, it makes sense. And we're seeing all the stuff from Favreau's Instagram page, you know, the Boba Fett inspired stuff, the holiday inspired Boba Fett stuff, and some 1313 stuff. If, if Boba Fett showing up is, is not a surprise. Uh, I think the bigger surprise might be him not showing up, but I'm just thinking more and more there might not be room. There might not be room. And I wonder if Favreau, I don't know if Favreau has been given that chance or will be given that chance to answer that question of what happened to Boba Fett. Is this how they want to do it? Did they they want to do it in a movie? That's the question. We never got a time frame on when Trank's movie was supposed to be. I maybe, I don't say assume, but I think I wanted it to be prior to the events of New Hope um, or during the events leading up to maybe Empire or... Uh, Return of the Jedi before he before he dies, and just seeing more of the underworld in that way that that actually would have been been interesting, kind of running during that time. And we've seen now Boba Fett uh, in the comics, which is weird too. Oh gosh, here we are. We're free form. This is like a free form poem night here, a, a, a slam, a poetry contest here. Um, remember, you know, Boba Fett's in the early issues of uh, Vader and the Marvel mainline back in uh, 2014, 2015, uh, when the, the comics launched. Bo- Boba Fett's there. He and Black Crescenton are running around. I mean, I think it's the first issue of the Marvel mainline. And then the Vader comic, uh, or no, maybe it's the first issue of the Vader comic, not the not the mainline, because they're on the, uh, this, uh, the moon. Uh, Boba Fett's there, man. He's on Tatooine. He's got stuff to go. He's got stuff to do, places to be. And I don't know. So I don't know if Trank would have been allowed to cover that. The comics, you know, they had to know a little bit there. And even though, you know, things aren't as connected as we thought, things aren't as connected as maybe we want sometimes the Star Wars fans in this galaxy. I I think um, I think it was I, I think I think maybe uh, it would all have been before New Hope. I don't know. But all that to say for The Mandalorian, in, in thinking about it, having some conversations with some of you all in person, I just don't know. If, I don't know if this is the, the way f- for, for them to deal with the Boba Fett question. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm just spitballing. It's been a busy week, crazy week, doing a lot of fun things. And going to the scum and villainy cantina, and I've been before and I'll be, be going again, I'm sure. It made me really thirsty, literally and figuratively, for Galaxy's Edge. That truly immersive, immersive experience that we all kind of want as fans. That hotel, which I'll probably never get to, the one that you hear that they're building uh, was in in the Orlando uh, Disney. uh, That's like, you're almost like canon. As hotel guests, you're almost canon. And that's almost too much, but I I mean, I'd totally be down for that. But I'm, I'm looking forward to... To walking into a bar, a cantina, a Star Wars-themed cantina, and having the staff members, or excuse me, cast members, play along. That's one of the things, and this isn't, if anyone, you know, happens to be a, a regular or works at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood, uh, on Coenga and Hollywood Boulevard, um, this isn't a bad Yelp review. I love going there. But... There's this natural letdown when you walk in, and it's and it's got a lot of. Uh, they do a really good job of replicating parts of of Chalman's Cantina, in the layout that they have in this bar. And you walk in, and you kind of you right away, and you got friends there, and and 
and you're excited, and there's a drink that's a blue milk drink, and a, you know, rum and pineapple juice and all this blue blue dye, you're ready to go, you know? It's their most popular drink. It's at the top of the menu. You're fully in, like, involved in your head. This is a Star Wars story. And then you go up, and then the staff, I'm not saying they're rude or bad or don't, not, good, not good bartenders, but they're not playing along. They're just like, yeah, what do you want? I'll have the, I'll have the blue milk because I'm a farmer. Yeah, well, okay, one or two. <laughs> it kind of takes me out. I think that's why I'm always a little disappointed. So I'm looking forward to Galaxy's Edge to dive it in. Ah, yes, that's what we want. Hey, do you guys want some Star Wars memories? I want a Star Wars memory. Kind of a shorter episode today of Spotlight Star Wars. You're just going to hang out with me. This is what you got. Me rambling along talking about Star Wars. Uh, because I've had, and I'm, you know, the world's had a tough week. And I, had, I didn't have a tough week. Just had a long week. And I think we've all had that. So now here, here we are. Sunday afternoon with Spotlight Star Wars. And I, uh, I just want to share one of your memories. So what we do here in Spotlight Star Wars, we go over to the Patreon page and, and listeners post their memories. And I pick one and we discuss it and see how I can connect to it with it and see how you all can connect with this shared memory, I'm sure. So Thomas Sholan writes, After Revenge of the Sith came out, my love of Star Wars moved to the back of my mind. Don't get me wrong, I still love the films, but I was focusing on other things. Then Disney bought Lucasfilm, and with it came the announcement that we were getting episode 7, 8, and 9, and I was excited, but didn't realize how excited till that first trailer dropped. The sound of Ray's speeder and the image of the downed Star Destroyer stayed with me for weeks, and my friends and I could not stop talking about it and every piece of news that followed. When tickets went on sale, we all got tickets to see the marathon of the first six movies leading up to the premiere of The Force Awakens. Phantom Menace started at 1 a.m., and we got to the theater about 10 p.m. the night before to get our seats. By the time we got to the two-hour break between episodes six and seven, the theater may have stunk, but you could feel the excitement and the passion in the theater, and I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. And better yet, that experience started a new tradition. We left the marathoning to our couches since then, but I've seen the premiere of every Star Wars movie since with the same group of friends, and that's our tradition I don't see ending anytime soon. Thank you, Thomas, for sharing that there. A lot of things I, I connect with there. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, including this thing that I, I get after, after Revenge of the Sith. And you can talk about... This isn't about whether you like the prequels or not, but I think if you were of a certain age, and I, Thomas, I don't know Thomas's age specifically, but if you were of a certain age, if you were seven, you might felt feel different. And going back to what I was saying at the top of the show, that you know, different entry points for fans, which are fascinating to me. But for for me personally, and the people in kind of my group of of, of being a Star Wars fan, whether you liked the prequels or not, or whether you liked Sith or not. And I and the immediate feel was all right. This is the best of of the prequels. If you didn't like the prequels, there was kind of this. All right, we got three more movies. There's now six. That seems interesting. That seems good. Um, let's put it on the shelf and and have our memories. It, it, I I kind of remember that feel too. I mean, you know, I'm gonna buy I, you know buy the DVD of Revenge of the Sith. I'm gonna watch them all. I I got all that. That that wasn't going away. But there was this weird kind of uh, almost refractory uh, moment, if I may, of uh, just like, all right, that's a chapter of my, my fandom. And then for me, I really, the reason I, I, I know that I'm not, you know, misremembering that feeling is the Clone Wars series and the Clone Wars movie. I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, I remember Joseph. And he's talked many times on this channel, uh, you know, saw it in theaters because he just felt he had to. And then was kind of so disappointed by it. You know, his Star Wars fandom had a had a little ding in the armor for a little bit. And so when the series watched, I remember I, I, I started watching the Clone Wars series and I'd seen the Tartakovsky one and, and liked it and thought uh, thought there was a lot of good stuff in there. But, you know, 
And I was rewatching him the other day to look at some massage adventure stuff for some research. And it was like, this is a great series, but also very clearly a three minute short on an animation channel. You know, not that it wasn't to be taken lightly, but it, the, 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 the idea behind it was different. So I, I was there. All right. They're going to do a Star Wars cartoon on, on like a Friday night or the weekend. Okay. I'll give it a go. I'll set up my DVR on the old uh, direct TV back then. And I, and, and I got into it, but it was like, but there was still kind of this, I'll put this in the corner. So I know what Thomas is saying there. And, and I'll never forget. I'll never forget that morning at work, my day job. And I just see the tweet start the Twitter, the Twitterverse. I saw the tweet come across from like Hollywood reporter and the Twitterverse starts exploding when when Disney bought Lucasfilm and exactly what Thomas was saying, what like, you know, you get this announcement of more movies and I was just mind blown with the possibilities. That's why I'm fascinated by, you know, what if Trank had made this movie? Like I love the possibilities of this all. And where Thomas is saying, I was excited, but I didn't realize how excited that first trailer dropped. I connect with that too because you mentioned he mentions Ray's speeder and the image of the down star destroyer, which we now know is uh, the inflictor. Or at least, there's, well, there's a couple star destroyers down that Ray passes, but we know that Ray goes into the inflictor. Um, like that, I think I was I was holding back, and I don't know if any of you were. I was excited. And trust me, you can go watch the episodes of Jedi Alliance and you can see me talking about it on Schmoes now. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. The The world of possibilities of new Star Wars is amazing. And you're telling me the originals are coming back. Oh, my gosh. But you still don't know. You still don't know. And look, the prequels have way more practical stuff than we give them credit for. But they have a look. George went for a look. And it's in the past. And it's sleeker. And I have no problem with that. I don't even need Star Wars counseling on that. I get the look at the prequels. But there's a lot of things that even though George was at the front of technology per usual, well, things that just don't hold up. Watching Attack of the Clones the other day, I've, what's one of my least favorite moments is Mace kind of, st- you know, Sam Jackson's just standing there looking at like tennis balls, clearly, and giving them orders to march into battle during the Battle of Geonosis, and it's like, eh, this is yeah, that doesn't hold. And there's no one's making footsteps. Like they're all Force Ghost Luke's on crate. There, no one's making footsteps. So technology's gotten better. George couldn't help that. I don't think he made some. He made some of those choices. I wish he had, you know, practical clones might have been the big thing. If the, if the clones were real, actual actors in armor in front of Sam Jackson might have had a different feel. So. Like Thomas, I was excited, but I didn't know how excited I could get. And I think a lot of you might have been that. We've talked about that trailer, and I mentioned it, the success of that Star Wars celebration. And then the teaser trailer before that in 2014 and, and Thanksgiving. I mean, it was, it was, it, you just suddenly felt like, oh, this is going to be okay. And I still feel that. And whether or not you feel some of the movies and, and stuff haven't been executed properly, that's fair. That's fair if you want to feel that. But... Just stop and think of what we got. I love the look of Solo. I love Bradford Young cinematography. I absolutely love it, how real and practical it is. Look at Rogue One. Look at that third act of Rogue One. 
Look at Last Jedi, some of those beautiful shots, the crate stuff with Kylo and Luke, Luke walking out, the eyes of Leia staring out on the crate. Just a lot of those, a lot of those things. Um, uh, the opening battle, the escape from Dakar. I love watching that moment. Uh, Paige Tico, kind of freaking out, hyperventilating, and watching the, the the Star Fortresses explode in front of her. It's so realistic. That's something. It's it's both big and galactic. This galactic level battle, this epic battle. Likes, the likes of which we kind of almost didn't really see in the original Star Wars. So Jedi, Jedi, Return of the Jedi sets the, the standard for space battles in Star Wars. But you're watching this, and in this big, fiery moment with three ships exploding, uh, you, you suddenly go real small and intimate with Paige Tico. It's one of my favorite sequences in all of Star Wars. I love watching all that and the possibilities. And all of that, to me, cycles back to this moment that Thomas is talking about, with, with Ray's speeder. It was so Star Wars to me. In fact, as I'm talking to you all right now, I am looking at my Black Series 6-inch uh, scale Ray's speeder with Ray sitting on it on a shelf next to me. It's just one of the simplest, purest designs that is so Star Wars. It looks like, yeah, it looks like a, an ice cream, a uh, little fudge fudgicle or something like that that was one of the jokes going early on but it looks like you took luke's speeder from a new hope the t-34 speeder and just put it on its side it connects it's familiar but new and i remember seeing that and we don't know i think back then we probably thought it was kira's speeder k-i-r-a well right that's what it was labeled at uh, at the at the some of the uh, conventions right so I just remember seeing that and being like, wow, everything about it. The sound, like Thomas says, the sound, the sound. I love it. Yeah, it was more than just, oh, I'm now really excited. It was like, Phew, this is actually happening, and it looks amazing. And I still think it does. As far as those movie marathons, I give Thomas and any of you listening who have gone on these movie marathons, these uh, whether it be the Marvel ones, Harry Potter, I, Lord of the Rings, I'll do that at home. Uh, I have not done the Star Wars ones, and I don't. I quite frankly don't know if I ever will in one setting. Mike Black has done that, uh, our friend of the show. He's done those and tells tells the same tale. That by the time you get to you know episode five or six, theater don't smell so nice. <laughs> so I don't know if I can last that. But hey, you did it once, Thomas, and that's quite a memory. But yeah. The new traditions of the new films. That's why they're important. Um, I think the most, in terms of marathoning, I think I could maybe do two, two and a half movies. If you start at one, I can get through Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Then the idea of starting Revenge of the Sith, it's like, ah, maybe go out and get some sun. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe tomorrow we'll pick it up. I have done the Lord of the Rings extended editions often in one day. Little break in between, but that's a that's a, that's a whole day. That's a sweatpants and slippers day. Eh, but who's who am I kidding? Almost every day is sweatpants and slippers. So, uh, Thomas, I love you. Uh, love you sharing this one here. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you uh, talking about your your marathon and the new traditions, and taking us back to that moment of the possibilities all in front of us back in 2012 when we first heard the news of New Star Wars. 2014 when he we finally saw it. 2015 with the Chewy I'm Home trailer. And look where we are now. This is Spotlight Star Wars episode 115. Whew. Time flies so fast. 
I was just reading the ultimate encyclopedia, the ultimate Star Wars encyclopedia, the visual dictionary that came out during that Anaheim uh, celebration. I'm, I'm having a lot of memories about that 2015 celebration. It came out, and man, I, uh, I was reading it tonight, just kind of watching the World Series, kind of thumbing through this uh, the book, maybe doing some Star Wars trivia training. I don't know. And it's so funny because the book does not have Rogue One, Solo, Last Jedi, and uh, it does not yet have Force Awakens. Now that I even think about it. And I remember reading that in uh, my hotel room, getting it all fresh and, you know, out of the package there and just like, wow, we got all this, all this new stuff's going to be showing up. And so to see it right now, to go back and read, that's kind of fun. To see the, the visual dictionary, the encyclopedia stop at a certain point. And now, a lot of blanks then, those blanks are being filled in. And that's exciting. It's still... Just like we said in the early days of Spotlight Star Wars, if you listened back then, it was an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan then, a great time to be a Star Wars fan then. It is still a great time to be a Star Wars fan. And that's all for me. I'm just here rambling. I'm like Wolfman Jack in American Graffiti recording this late at night just so you guys can hear my voice and celebrate Star Wars along with us here at Force Center, but happy to do it. So we'll be back with a Star Wars rank next week. Uh, Spotlight Star Wars got some people lined up, some little clips and guests um, popping into Spotlight Star Wars. I do like doing that when I have the time. And as always, we got an in memoriam to close. Let's go back to a classic character, to a classic battle, and let's say goodbye to a hero of the rebellion. See you next week on Spotlight Star Wars. The Battle of Yavin will always be remembered for the important victory that it was, but we can never underestimate the cost, nor forget the names of the fallen. I've got a problem here. Eject! I can hold it! Pull up! No, I'm all... That exchange contained the last words that the galaxy heard from one of the more beloved rebel pilots. He was Red Six, known as Belly Runner, or Piggy to his Red Squadron mates, but he will always be remembered as Porkins. Jack Tano Porkins didn't want to fight the Empire. He was a simple trader and pilot who enjoyed a good meal of sink crabs on his home world of Best Team 4. But then the Galactic Empire made his home one of their bases, and his choice was clear. Porkins joined the fight. Earning a reputation as a solid ship-to-ship dogfighter and an even better strafer, thus the nickname Belly Runner, Lieutenant Porkins worked his way up fast from the Tierfon Yellow Aces training squadron to the esteemed Red Squadron based out of the Great Temple on Yavin 4. There, he formed strong friendships with fellow pilots such as Biggs Darklighter and Wedge Antilles. Wedge still mourned the loss of his friend well after his death in the Battle of Yavin. Early on in that battle, Porkins' ship was struck by debris, an unforeseen and catastrophic event that caused a malfunction in his T-65 X-Wing that sent him too low and too close to the surface of the Death Star. A turbo laser from the planet killer's surface struck his ship. Porkins was soon gone. The loss was felt deep among all fighting and those listening inside the Masasi Temple Command Center. The Galactic Civil War claimed the lives of many heroes, but, like one wise former Jedi said, 
wars not make one great. You see, Porkins was a working man who fought for a cause bigger than himself. That is what made him a hero. And what was said by fellow rebels on that fateful day still has merit now. So long, Piggy. You will be avenged. Thanks for listening to Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod and follow Ken online, including Twitch, at Ken Knapsack. Consider supporting Force Center on Patreon at patreon.com slash forcecenter. Go to forcecenterpod.podomatic.net for more information and use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to join the conversation. Until next time, this has been Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.